0: across his uh, underneath his lips here by his chin and he said uh, he apologized he goes I'm sorry Uh, I was shaving this morning and I cut myself so then he proceeded and preached about an hour and a half long so it was a long dreary message and then after the message he, he stood by the door like he always does and an old lady came to him and this old lady was, you know, always nice and gentle to him, but this night he said, she said, Pastor, maybe next time you can practice on your shaving and cut your preaching. <laughs> so today I shaved. <laughs> I can't guarantee you about my preaching. <laughs> Anyway, the the title of the message that we have tonight is the how of the what. So I almost entitled this, this is how we do it, but I might be interchanged in the YouTube videos there when they upload it. So I said the how of the what. This is to continue from our message two Sundays ago when I was up here uh, with the title, what's the big deal? And... I'm going to be reading, if you could please turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from verses 12 to 19. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12 to 19. In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. How wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's open up in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for another day that uh, you have given us to spend with our loved ones. Um, Father, we thank you once again that you have given us another day to spend with our church family that you have chosen for us, and in the building that you have provided for us. We ask now, Lord God, to please bless the singers and the instrumentalists and the media team, the security ministry, the Sunday school teachers, the financial team, the prayer warriors, all the people that are seen and the ones behind the scenes. Bless them, Lord God, with your presence, with your love, as they continue to serve you in this church of yours. And I pray that they continue to serve you because of the love that they have for you continues to grow. Bless now, Lord, everyone that is here tonight. Bless us now with the message that you have in store for us. Give everyone, Lord God, a humble heart. And speak to us again, Lord God, through your Holy Spirit, by your word, Father. And bless me, Lord God, your vessel. Let your Holy Spirit teach us and enable us to accept all the things that you are wanting for us to know and to accept. I thank you, Lord God, for blessing me while I was preparing. And now again, Lord, please override it. This is your message. This is your church. These are your people. All this, Lord God, we ask in your Son's mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So, uh, just a recap of uh, the last... Not last Sunday, but the Sunday I was uh, before last. Um, the recap was the what. What the what was is the mystery revealed. We learned about the dispensation of grace, and the, the dispensation of grace that we are in and the other dispensations that we discussed. And then we also learned about the mystery that Paul was talking about, which is the church, the mystery that Paul was referring to in Ephesians is the church because before the new testament there was no mention of the church and then the why the why was the what's the purpose of the mystery what's the purpose of the church and we said that is to glorify god in our lives for the world to see for people to see so god created the church to be a public testimony to the grace of god to make all see see now That's the charge for us Christians, okay? If you are a secret agent, a secret Christian from Monday to Saturday, you're only a Christian on Sunday, you're not doing God any favors. A church is a place where anyone can go to receive constant flow of mercy and a place to hear the message of the gospel. So every time you come here, you hear the gospel. The gospel never gets old. If it gets old for you, you're too good for it. There you have it. That's your answer, because you're too good for the gospel. Yet the church not only declares the truth to humanity, God also designed the church to display the truth to angels. Again, this is a recap. The method of Paul's ministry was not simply to allow men to hear about the mystery of the indwelling Christ, but to make them see it through the working of God in paul's own life and for us too that should also be our attitude and our mentality because that's the truth now paul is a minister of the gospel of grace not only to men for men to see but also for angels to see now our two points tonight we have two points tonight which is the how there's two hows. this is the first how through our hardships and trials now, verse 13, I'm starting with verse 13, not 12. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. Now, let's, let's point out some obvious ones. Normally, when people care for you, they get discouraged when you encounter any type of suffering. Right? And vice versa. We feel terrible. We feel terrible when the people that we, that we care about, we love, you know, and, and end up facing trials, like our sister do say in the Brockwick girls, right? When we heard about it, we were devastated, the ones that cared. The other opposite is true, too. What's the other opposite? That if you are indifferent, if you don't care about the other person, if they don't care about you, they could care less if you're going to get your head cut off on Monday. Right? But Paul is talking to the Christians, Of his time writing to the Ephesian church saying do not be discouraged of what I'm going through because as he wrote this epistle uh, epistle, he was on his way to uh, a trial with Nero and eventually being the judgment was to get his head cut off so as he was writing this people were hearing that that this is gonna be probably the last days of Paul so, as they love God and they love Paul, they were discouraged. Right? That's the background of it. Now, doesn't this remind you, though, of what Paul said also in 2 Corinthians? In 2 Corinthians 3 5, this is in the Living Bible paraphrase or translation. What a wonderful God we have! He is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the source of every mercy, and the one who so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials and why and why does he do this so that when others are troubled needing our sympathy and encouragement we can pass on to them this same help and comfort god has given us you can be sure that the more we undergo sufferings for christ the more we will shower us he will shower us with his comfort and encouragement isn't that amazing? Uh, I know only three people said, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, whenever there's suffering and uncomfort, trial, we, well, we're careful to say amen to that. Right? Oh, we love about God of comfort. So long as we stay in the United States with hot water on demand, no traffic if you live in the right state, right? If everything lined up for you, comfort. But when God calls you, Somewhere uncomfortable. Oh Lord, is that really for me? And 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 then look at this. As Sister Deuces shared her testimony tonight, God touched the heart of Romel Ferrer and Alicia Ferrer. For those of us who are part of this church, we know why the Ferrers have the heart for the Brockways, because a few months before Chris's passing, they lost their loved one. Just Right, this is Alicia's mom. Tita so they know the pain of the loss, and at the same time, right, they end up comforting each other. They know Alicia knows what not to say, to do say, and what not to say. Right, so it's it's the same thing. Right, we could care less about what they have to say if we don't think they care. That's the the adage, right? People don't care about what you have to say until they know you care. Now, the the real person that can really sympathize with you is the one same person that went through the same thing. Right? And here, Paul is saying, "Do, do not be discouraged of what I'm going through, for this is for you. Why? It's somehow telling the Christians then and the Christians now that, listen, You too will be persecuted. You probably will go to jail because of your faith on Jesus. But don't let that stop you. For some of us, we've answered it. We said, oh no, that's that's where I draw the line. I want to stay out of jail. I want to keep my comfort. Because I just love the God of comfort, the Jehovah Jireh, God provider, right? uh, And then anything else, I want to stay there. Nothing more, nothing less. Don't call me to be a missionary to the Muslim nation. They're going to get my head cut off there. It's dangerous there. Call me to be a missionary in Sparks. (laughs) Or Reno. But listen, you already are. Right? No? Who says... Who thinks he's not a missionary in the play, your workplace, at your household, with your family? Those are your mission fields right now. But of course, some of us are going to be called to other places. In this church, we embrace that. Our founding pastor said it, right? And the, the core group agreed to it. To know Christ, to become like him, to make him known. To make him known. It's only been 15 years, guys. <laughs> My phone's ringing. It's only been 15 years. Now, how come, how come the first how is through trials and hardships? Because there's no other way. The one great way that the people of this world will see if you truly belong to God is not through your blessings. That's a lie. Oh, when I become successful, then I can bring people to the Lord. I hope Manny Pacquiao becomes a Christian so he can bring so many people to the Lord. I heard that comment made before. Because we think celebrities can bring more people to Christ. But you know what? As much as that's probably true, there's, there's more people that has been brought to Christ after they've witnessed a Christian go through a very hard trial and yet Despite that, that person still worshipped God. And it made the other people question, How is, what in the world is wrong with this person? And despite his wife left him, he still kept going to church. He still loved his Jesus. Despite the fact that he lost all his children, he still loved his God. There are more people that was brought to Christ, that were brought to Christ. Then and up to now, there will be more people to be brought to Christ on, on your brokenness. Because guess what? We were brought to the Lord through His brokenness. His body was broken for us to be with Him. Did we forget? that the only way that we became into that we came into the relationship with the Lord is accepting that gift and with that gift was a very expensive bill to be paid and with that bill to be paid was his body to be broken his body to be broken then why do we expect that our christian life should be not marred should just be peaceful all the way to 65 then retire Island in the Philippines. Yay, yay. (laughs) Now look at this. Romans 8, 31 to 36. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? We say this and we recite this because we want that big house. We want that promotion. We want that husband that we've been praying for. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Imagine this. The question was who? And then Paul mentioned the it. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is, as it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. That's in Psalm forty four twenty two. Folks, the gospel was delivered to us maybe in a very peaceful way. I don't know how your testimony is or who shared it to you. Maybe it was done you know, in a very safe place. But for the gospel to be delivered during Paul's time all the way to our time, there has been many challenges, many persecutions, many, many deaths, many, many unjust hearings, killings. And I know, I, you know, see, see this is the thing. We need to be very much aware of it. Why? Because we're so, we're a stagnant water. We're going bad. We're not going anywhere. You're not flowing. Right? Now if you're flowing, good. Keep it up. Keep flowing. Keep the grace that you receive, keep it going out. Because once you make it stagnant, because you're enjoying the comforts of life that you now have, you're becoming useless. Yes, you're saved. Yes, you're saved. I praise God that we're all saved despite our imperfections, despite our our, our failures. But guess what? You must be the only, you can, you might just be the only Christian that your coworker knows before God takes him or her tomorrow. How can you be so sure that they, you or them can be there tomorrow? You know what? With this question, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or sword, shall it, take us, shall it separate us from the love of God? You know, most of us, we've answered yes to that. We've answered yes on how we have lived our lives. Oh, there's no way I'm going to live my life pure, Lord. That's too boring. I don't want to get married until I, get, I have sex. I want to have sex now, and then maybe, maybe marry her or him. No, Lord, I don't want to live a holy life. All my friends are doing these things. 99% of my friends are partying their tail off, doing drugs and everything. Why should I be different? I mean, I'm saved by grace anyway, right? Can I just party now and then party later too? Some of us have answered that. Some of us have answered yes. That's the one that's going to separate me from the love of Christ. Because God wasn't able to save my family, so now I'm done with Him. God wasn't able to save my business, so now I'm done with Him. This reminds me of the parable that the Lord gave us. Jesus in Matthew 13. Remember this? Some fell and we're going to read from verse 5 some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root other fell other other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants and in the meaning of it the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes before the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Now, you have to examine these verses and and look at yourself in the mirror and do your own spiritual inventory. You have to ask yourself, was it too easy for me to give up on Jesus on the first sign of persecution? Let me give some examples. You started denying your Christianity the minute you were invited to a party. woohoo, start taking up the Christian shirt, oh there's no need for this right now let me fold this up and put it up on Sunday let me put my party clothes on or how about see, I want to target the no root, there's no root how can you expect to grow in the Lord and face challenges that we always face from day to day without rooting yourself in prayer and in His Word? Come, there's no digging there. You don't dig enough for, for, for the Lord. You don't search Him. You don't walk with Him. You could care less about walking with Him. You just want Him to be this, a force field. Lord, may the force be with me. All, right. All the bad spirits bounce off from you. Quark, quark, quark. <laughs> right, And then, Lord, you have a magic spell. I touch this, it'll become gold, Lord. Boom, gold. Yeah! Party. All right. well, most, of, most of the time, that's how we use God, or that's how we live our lives. Using God as a protection and a provider of blessings. Nothing more, nothing less. We serve our inner desires. That's why we don't like hardships. That's why we don't like trials. We don't like to be challenged. We don't want to be pushed out of our comfort zones. A.W. Tozer said, It is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Ouch. God actually rises up storms of conflict in relationships at times in order to accomplish that deeper work in our character. Do you agree with this? Oh, isn't that painful? Don't you wish it was differently, Vince? Don't you think, don't you wish that, oh man, I, I wish God would just make me grow in my blessings. As he continues to protect me all the way till I'm 65 and I've become a very powerful preacher, an evangelist that will save souls with no challenges in life. No troubles in life, no financial reversal, no trouble in the relationships, no sickness, no problems with the family. No, but that's not it. Unfortunately, that's not it. Whoever told you that, they lied to you. And watch them, they're going to continue to lie to you too. The first how of the what, which is to glorify God in our lives, is through hardships and trials. Now, the degree or the intensity of the crushing trial, because every trial is crushing. I don't care what your tolerance is. If it's hurting you, and if, if for me it's like, oh, it's such a baby, it doesn't matter what I think. If it's hurting you tremendously, it's crushing you, that's God's trial for you. That's His hardship for you. And that's your opportunity to grow in your relationship with Him. Amen. That is a great way that he will use you many months after that trial to become that same blessing to a brother or sister here at church or at work so that they will know Christ's love through you because of the suffering you went through now that they're going through it. God allows us to go through crushing trials even as Paul did in order that we can explore and experience his presence and his comfort And then share it with others. In the darkest times, we only truly receive from those who have gone through similar difficulties. That's the truth. When the one who has walked the same path we're walking says, I found consolation in Christ, his words are like water to the desert of our soul because he's not simply telling us a theory. He's telling us what he has experienced personally and practically. And with that, we can hold on to something, because then we'll say, "He went through this. He went through this divorce, and and, and he said he held on to God, and he and then God saw him through. So maybe I should do the same. He went through the same thing. He lost his loved one, so but he kept, he he held on to the Lord. So maybe I should do the same, so I can also have his peace. You know, it's been said that." It's been said that. uh, Then I forgot. (laughs) Oh, what's said? It's been said that people, people will only listen to those who have been through the same thing. Many unbelievers have been witnessed to hundreds of times by. They've been witnessed to, by hundreds by sincere Christians, yet they remain unmoved because they are unknowingly waiting to see the mystery of Christ in the life of a believer now how will this happen it is when things are rough and are tough now when things are easy-peasy the word the world isn't impressed with blessings and comfort when we are blessed and protected all they see is it you have an easy life of course you can say that easy for you to say now the testimony of God to unbelievers happens when the vessel is broken. Now we've sang those songs that we are God's vessels, right? Now, us being broken, that's when our testimony becomes stronger. They see it when the husband leaves the wife, and the wife chooses to still worship God faithfully. Sunday after Sunday, the world sees it when the doctor says to a dad. That his cancer is malignant, and yet that person remains strong in the faith. It happens when a businessman, businessman's business goes under. He experiences a financial reversal, but yet he still serves God faithfully. When a teenager breaks a parent's heart, when you get cut out of the team, Or when you didn't get the promotion that everyone else at work knows that you were supposed to get. But yet, despite all that, you still worship God. You remain faithful. When the the earthen vessel is broken, that is when we give the watching world a vision of Christ in our lives. Now, the second how is through prayer. In Him, and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Now we see Hebrews 4.16 and Hebrews 10.19.22 there. And we read them because they are almost similar, but it's more emphasized here. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. As Hebrews 4.16. Now, remember, we discussed the last time about the angels being mesmerized, right? Being captivated and being amazed by the grace that us human beings received because of Jesus Christ, right? Because they can't afford to make one mistake. One mistake for them, they go to hell. They play for the other team. For us, because we received Jesus, moment after moment, we have the confidence to go to Christ. It, doesn't, it gives us this picture As we read these verses, imagine the angels in heaven asking God this. Wow, for a group of people who are often crazy, neglectful, ungrateful, inconsistent, they can come marching into your presence, into your throne, every time, at any time, and then they can cast their burdens upon you, and you will help them. And God's answer is this, yes. Yes, not because of what they have done, it's because of what Christ has done on the cross. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, we need to always look at that because our obedience is based on our love for the Lord. So knowing the fact that we can come to the, the throne of grace at any time, despite our failures, Knowing that we can do that because of what Christ has done, that should give our hearts a beating that has never beaten before for anyone, but a beating for Jesus. Amen? Our love for the Lord should grow with this knowledge here. Now, there are many reasons why everybody's, uh, a person's prayer will not be heard by the Lord, but the first and foremost thing is if they do not belong to the Lord. Now, we belong to the Lord because of what Christ has done for us. Now, the moment that we seek His help, we can come to Him anytime. You don't need to make an appointment. (laughs) I'm laughing because with me, it seems like you need to make an appointment with me now. (laughs) No, you don't. You can call me anytime. I might not pick up your call, but I'll return it. But with the Lord, He's never too busy. Amen? Amen? And he's the number one person that you can talk to. You never know that Jesus is all you need until it's only Jesus that you have. So when you come to that point in your trial, in your hardship, in the storm of your life, and you have no one else except Jesus, you best go down on your knees and pray to him. Pray to Him, submit to Him, lift up all your cares and your frustrations to Him. He knows your heartaches, He knows your pain. You might as well just say it, because He already knows what you were supposed to say, even before you were to say it. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now, kneeling, for Paul to mention the kneeling part here, is because Jews, when they pray, they would pray standing up. They would pray standing up. And this is new. This is new. For Paul to say, I kneel down in prayer, this was new during his time. Because their tradition is they stand up and they'll pray as they're they're standing up on, on their feet. But Paul says, I kneel down. Now, kneeling down, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of us have done that, right? When you're kneeling down, there's a complete surrender there. I don't know about you, but for me there is. But more, more importantly, there's, there should be a kneeling of your heart, OK? But the kneeling down, when you kneel down physically, all of a sudden you, you could just you can see your littleness for me. I could feel my littleness. I know I'm little, but, you know, when you're down on my knees, I'm littler. <laughs> I'm smaller, right? And then I look up, and I pray to Him, and I, I, and I cry, cry, and I just lift up my tears, and I lift up my voice to Him, and I give Him my, my, my praise. But when, specifically when I'm kneeling down, there's that complete surrender. For that moment, you, I truly surrendered to Him. And this is what Paul is saying. He's surrendering. For this reason, I surrender before the Father. He's surrendering. He's giving it up to Him. Now, while Paul was in prison, he is praying to, for the Ephesian church. <laughs> right? Shouldn't he be writing them, like, hey, in your prayer meeting, pray that I get released? <laughs> that would be my prayer, probably. But in his prayer, he's saying, don't let this trial bother you. Don't let this faint you. Now, he's praying for the efficient church that the Holy Spirit might strengthen the inner man, the inner man in the efficient church, the Christians back then that were reading it. It's the same for us. Paul's prayer is, as we realize that he was in prison when he wrote this letter, he's saying that he prays that our inner man will be strengthened by His example, by His trial. Now, do you care about your kids? Nobody cares about the kids, that's fine. Maybe, (laughs) I don't don't blame you, I'm kidding. (laughs) Do you care about your kids? Do you care about your parents? Pray for them. Pray for them. Do you care about your church? Nobody cares. No. If you do, pray for us. Pray for us. Do you care about your community? Whether it's the Filipino American community or the Reno-Sparks community. Pray that the Holy Spirit work in your inner man so that you can become a blessing. You can become a blessing to that community. There's a question there. Do you care about them? Yes, of course we care about our kids, whether they like it or not. Sometimes too much for our culture or the helicopter or the hovering parents. But do you pray? Do we pray for them? How much do we pray for them? You pray for your spouse? How much do you pray for your spouse? you pray for the church? How much do you pray for the church? The most important thing that we can do for each other is to pray for each other. Amen. Amen? That's why I mentioned all the people that I mentioned earlier in our opening prayer. It's because it's to highlight everybody in those ministries. The most important for me there are all of you, but the one key ministry there are the prayer warriors. Wednesday after Wednesday, snow or hail. The only time that we haven't come here is an earthquake. We're waiting that the earthquake will come from the prayer meeting, really. (laughs) But Wednesday after Wednesday, we pray. Snow or no snow. Riots or no riots. We're meeting and we're praying. That's the most important thing. So if you're a Christian, you should be praying. Now, to wrap it up, now they said don't say in conclusion because that's when people check their phones. And they go through, Filipinos, they check through their purses. Oh, what am I going to eat after this? <laughs> 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 to wrap it up is in Gideon. You know, my, my the anniversary of God's calling for my life to become a preacher is May 5. That's when I got the, my reading in Judges. The story of Gideon. The calling of Gideon. It, wait, so what is it? Gideon, there, (laughs) Gideon, Gideon and his 300. Now, let's read this. The Lord said to Gideon, praise God for an American kid there. With the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. So how am I wrapping this with the how of the what? Right? So first, we're told that trials and hardships is the how we can uh, glorify God in our lives, correct? And then the other how is that we have to be praying. We have to be prayerful in order for us to glorify God in our lives. So Gideon, so in had his conversation with the Lord. He was already guaranteed victory even before he went to that place. Right? So he's been in close communication with the Lord. The most frustrating thing here is if you know math, you know it doesn't make sense. And I think that's why I became a pastor. Because I don't know math. (laughs) From 32,000, he was told to shave it down to ten. And then from 10 to 300. This is to fight 135,000 army of the Midianites. Now, if you were going to bet in the sports book during that time, (laughs) the odds was (laughs) one Israelite versus 450 Midianites. That was the ratio. So if you were to bet 100 bucks on the Israelites, you were supposed to win $25,000. (laughs) But it was a long shot. But see, do we glorify Gideon or do we glorify God in what happened here? With the big challenge that he was facing, with the impossibility of the ratio, it took all normalcy away. But the one number, the one number that was truly important with this whole thing, is Gideon was believing and trusting in the one true God. In the one true God. So, are you believing in that same one true God? Only a couple people. (laughs) We hold back, right? Like, oh yeah, gosh, he got me. I should have known. Now that's the truth though. We have the same God. It's the same God that we're, we're following. So whatever your calling in life is, whatever whatever challenge you're facing, whatever, whatever hardship you're facing, you are following the same true God. The God of the Bible. That if you are just going to obey Him, if you obey Him, if you listen to Him, if you pray to Him, that hardship and that trial that you're facing, God will make it a victory for you. Now, we never glorify Him, Gideon. Although he gets a little bit of credit because we get to talk to him, pronounce his name incorrectly. But our God truly loves us. But with that love, though, He brings us to trials in order for us to grow, in order for us to know Him a little bit more. When we were baby Christians, God knew that we were fragile. God knew that we were fragile. God knew how to, how to bring us to Him. You know, when, when Alonzo and Gianna were both growing up, I knew that they were going to fall when they start walking. But I would allow them to fall so that they would learn how to walk properly. And with their little mistakes before, I would laugh before. They would hit me, you know, because they got too excited. I laugh, you know. I scold a little bit, but, but if Alonzo hits me now... The next day when I wake up, (laughs) he'll be in trouble. (laughs) Right? It's different. If it's different physically, it will be different spiritually. The stages in our spiritual lives are also the same as our stages in our physical life. As trials and hardships come our way, the more we pass those tests, the more we rely on the Lord, the more we know Him and trust Him, the more hardships and trials will come. (laughs) different ones at that but you know god it's the same god amen let's close in prayer father we thank you we thank you for your truth that you've spoken to us tonight i pray father for everyone that are hurting in this room right now and the ones that are watching us on facebook i pray for those souls who are hurting father god may you heal them may you heal them physically if they're uh, physically sick May you heal them spiritually, Lord God, for those who are hurting spiritually. I pray, Father God, for a change and a rebuke for those who are living a sinful life, Lord God. The ones that are not using their lives, Lord God, to glorify you, but using it for their sinful desires. I pray for them, Lord God, that you will encourage them to come back to a closer and more intimate relationship with you. And I pray for the soul, Lord God, that you still have to save, that you are calling tonight, Lord God. And I pray that this will be the evening that they will surrender to your Lordship. Knowing just these truths, Lord God, that they are a sinner and they need a Savior from their sins. And I pray that they will be humble enough, Lord God, to recognize their need for you. And I pray, Lord God, for restoration for the broken relationships that we have at church. I pray, Father, that you will come and restore and heal and mend. And Father, I pray for your faithful ones, Lord God, the ones that are always stepping out of their comfort zones. Lord, I pray for more strength for them. I pray for more more, um, boldness for them, Lord God. I pray that you protect them and guide them, and I pray that you will be glorified in their lives. I pray for those brothers and my sisters who have a calling, Lord God, no matter what it may be. I pray, Father God, that let it be so clear, loud and clear for them that you are calling them for that specific task. I pray that they will take that step of faith and respond to your call. Help us, Father, to live an obedient life to you, for you. All this we ask in your son's mighty name. And the Lord, all the Lord's people said. Amen, amen. Thank you very much.